0: Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. Psalms chapter 33, and we want to look at verse 12. Psalms chapter 33. Verse 12. What we'd like to do is entitle this message, The American Revival. The American Revival. Psalms 33 and verse 12. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that we can trust our lives to its provisions. We thank you for your spirit who will guide us into all the truth and teach us and show us things to come. We thank you for revelation knowledge to flow. We thank you, dear Father God, for wisdom and understanding. We thank you, dear Father God, for unveiling to our spirits that which you are doing in the earth. Now, we thank you that our hearts are receptive, our ears are attentive, and our minds are open, and we channel ourselves now to receive from your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord blessed blessed is the nation whose god is the lord we just want to look at the first part of the scripture as many of you as many many of you know we were in dallas at the word of faith convention wednesday night was the last night of the seminar with Brother Hilton Sutton teaching somewhat about the outpouring of the Spirit of God upon the face of the earth, and particularly in our country. And then on Thursday we had an all-day workshop where different speakers, well-known speakers and writers and authors throughout the nation came to reveal to us some hidden truths concerning the government system of the United States of America. Well, notice here in our scripture it said, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Say this with me. Our nation is blessed blessed. Because because Jesus is Lord over the United States of America. Well, what does he mean by blessed is the nation? What kind of blessings? Sometimes I think we're so surrounded by blessing that we neglect to appreciate the blessing. I don't know many of us that would want to live under a dictatorship government system. where you are told what you can do, what you cannot do. You are told what you can read and what you cannot read. You are told who you are to worship and who you cannot worship. Where you can work. How you should work. What you should do. No freedom. No freedom of choice. You know, when you take away from man the freedom of choice, you take away from man a God-given gift. Because God would not impose His will upon the human race and said, Choose ye this day. Isn't it something that man would devise a system whereby he could take away from a human being that free will, moral agency God made him? But yet, we are the only nation. We are the only nation. Do you thank God for the blessing? Of living in this nation? How many of you are thankful and appreciative of our nation and the religious freedom that we have? Citizenship in a free country is a blessing that comes from God. Because our system, that is our government system, is a self-governed system. Whereby each and every individual has a voice in the national affairs. Of our life. We all have a voice to speak up, to vote in our system. We are governed really by the people. And the government system must represent the people. And they must represent us accurately. According to To our convictions. In other words, our moral convictions. What we want in our system. And our system was set up that way. So that we can all have a voice. And of course the majority would rule. Well, God's way of getting into our government system is our voice. We are the voice of God in our government system. If we do not vote, if we do not speak our mind, if we do not stand up for what we believe to be moral, for what we believe to be just, to what we believe to be righteous, then who is it that's going to stand up for their rights And who is it that's going to stand up for what they believe to be morally right? And then whose voice is going to be heard sounding and ringing throughout the government system of the United States of America? We've always thought it was the Democrats versus the Republicans. Well, at one time we may have thought that. But this move and outpouring of the Spirit... You know, when God moves by His Spirit, there's an awakening and an awareness. And when the awareness comes, there comes knowledge and wisdom and understanding. And He is showing us and sharing with us the things that we need to see concerning not only our own lives, our churches, but also our nation. And it's vitally important that we understand what's going on so that we can allow God's voice to be heard in our system and not Satan's. It's no longer Democrat versus uh, versus Republican. But we are faced with a crisis in the United States of America right now. And my brother and my sister, it is no longer that, but it's this. It is Antichrist versus Jesus Christ. It is Antichrist versus Jesus Christ. And for such a long time, we've always followed in the footsteps of our parents and of our grandparents and great grandparents and ancestors. And they said, we are of this party, we are of this party, we vote strictly this party, we vote strictly that party. And so that's how we just learned to vote. Either all one side or all the other side. But little did we know, when we pushed that lever on all this side, that 90% of those on this side are anti-family organizations... And are pro abortion, pro the gay movement, pro homosexuality, and when we put these people in office, their morality is being imposed upon our lives. And they feel that it's morally right to be involved and sanction gay marriages. And they feel it's morally right to take the life of a child so long as it was not born. from its mother's womb. And if I were to share with you some names of those that are the greatest supporters of secular humanism, your mouth would drop open. People that we believed and trusted in. One of our recent presidents claiming to be a born-again believer, and the Bible says you know them by their fruit, sanctions abortion. But we were unaware of it, did not know it. Congressmen that are in there representing us, pro abortion, pro homosexuality, we're voting them in office because we pull our one lever that says all this and we put them in. Then there are laws that are being passed in our individual states that say Christian education must come to a halt. Christian education must meet the standards of the secular humanist, of the state. And they're saying that unless you're licensed through the state and you obey our curriculum, they want to close every Christian school in the United States of America. And I'm going to tell you something right now. You know the hassle they had down in Nebraska? Lincoln, Nebraska? Nebraska? Well, the hassle they had down there—they've got ministers in jail, they've got fathers and mothers in jail because they want to teach their children biblical principles and doctrine, and their schools were set up to teach them the things of God, of course, along with other, you know, teachings. But because they did not meet state regulations, they closed the school down and put them in prison because they would not conform to what they wanted their children to be taught. And how many of you are in? Know or informed of the fact that that same law almost was passed in this state of Pennsylvania, and if it would have been passed, our Christian schools would have been facing the same thing the church the state would come in and close down these schools unless they conformed to what they want to teach our children. My Bible tells me when you come to the land of promise, you ought to teach your children my word diligently by day and by night. It does not say that you are to teach my children secular humanism; does it say that? but we sat back uninformed, did not know what was going on, and these secular humanists went out and they lobbied the government system. They got support. They got our tax dollars. Secular humanism is right now a known religion in the United States of America, supported by the government system, supported by our tax dollars. We are funding them so that they can exist, and it's a known religion, and they're teaching our children in our public schools secular humanism, their beliefs and doctrines. Why do you think there's such a decline in the morals of the teenager today? It goes back to the school system. The public school system right now is doing that today. Shocking, amazing, but true. We are losing our religious rights. We are losing our freedom. In January 1st, 1984, they passed an act right now that all non-profit organizations must pay social security tax. This is unconstitutional according to the original Constitution. But the amendments came when these liberalists got in there and began to change the thinking and the laws in order to fit into their own idea of morality. And they're attempting to get God and Christ, Jesus Christ and the gospel out of the United States altogether. And soon enough, my brother and sister, if we're not awaken, and if we're not alerted and aware to what's going on, Christianity in America will be underground. You say, it can't happen in America. It's happening everywhere else. Look back 2,000 years since the days of Christ when they went and spreading the gospel throughout all the lands and all the cities that once were cities for God were destroyed and overtaken by heathenism. And this is the last country. We are responsible to getting the gospel out more than anybody else, because we have freedom to do so what 's happening before our eyes? Revival means wake up and see what 's happening. Has it always been this way? Has America always been this way? Has the government always had the right to state to come in and tell you what you could, where your child should be taught, how they should be taught, what they should be taught, dictating to you, putting you in jail if you do not conform? At one time I thought, well, we've got to obey the laws of the land. Well, we do. We do. But you know what we've neglected to find out? That the laws of the land have been changed. And the laws of the land are dictating to the immoralist, socialist, humanist, communism. And all of the religious freedom that we once enjoyed and had is slowly eroding from within. And if we don't watch out and take our stand, it will not be very long until Christianity in America will be underground. You say, this doesn't sound right. Well, whether it sounds right or not, it's happening. It's happening right now. And it's more serious than what we thought. It's a crisis in America today. Step by step, law by law, the right of the Christian is being taken away. No prayer any longer, they didn't want. These are just small things. But nonetheless, step by step, one by one, the rights of the Christian in our country, they are diminishing. What are we going to do about it? Well, look at Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 2. This is what we are facing right now. This is what we are facing right now. There are pros and cons to our society, to the establishment of our government system. Here we see that when the righteous are in authority or in places of government, then the people rejoice. I don't see those Christian fathers rejoicing now that they want to take their children and put them in foster homes while they're in prison. But when the righteous are in government and in authority, that law would never have been passed. If you had taken this back to our forefathers and they would have seen what's taking place in America today, it would have never been permitted. Because when the righteous are in authority and in office, the people will rejoice. But when the wicked beareth rule, the people will mourn. we become naive. We've sat back. We've watched. And we've said, well, let the next guy do it. We've said, well, let the government be run by the people, by the the men that are put in office. And we've neglected to realize that the people that have have been put in office are put there by those that are ungodly, wicked, and unrighteous people. And when the nation is governed by wicked, unrighteous people, then the people of the nation will mourn. When the nation of Israel went into bondage to any country, they went into mourning. They could not stand the burden placed upon them. In the United States of America, we have become a nation within a nation. In other words, the born-again people have become a nation within a nation. We've endeavored to segregate ourselves from the nation and just have our own schools, live our own lives, and forget about the nation. Well, that would be okay if it could survive, but it can't survive because we are living under the rulership and leadership of the nation, of the government system. And if the majority of the people get their ways and establish their laws and amend our Constitution and our constitutional rights and change our Bill of Rights and change that which we once stood for, then they are going to get what they believe in. You know, you've heard it said, separate the church from the state. Yeah. Yeah. Leave out God and bring in the devil, communism, socialism. Bring in fornication, adultery, and all the gay rights. And eff- bring all that in and let's stand up for ungodliness. Let's stand up for unrighteousness. And let's bring in these normal people into our government system. That way, you see, those moral people will not impose their morality on our lives and our lifestyle. Haven't you noticed that we've been made to think as though we're the ones that are backward and awkward? And so you go, well, well, I can't. I don't want to put my convictions over on them. Who's putting whose convictions on who? The unrighteous are putting their convictions on us. The ungodly are putting their convictions over on us. They feel it's okay to do it. I mean, it's okay to take a baby's life if it's not born yet. They're putting their convictions on us. Homosexuality is sanctioned. They're putting their convictions on us. God's Word says it's an abomination. Does it not? No, we're not imposing our convictions. We are sharing with them God's convictions. And this country was not based or founded upon ungodly principles. It was founded and based on the principles of the Word of the living God. And I've got all the proof you could possibly want which I'll share some of that with you today. But my brother and sister, that verse 2 is our fault. Why, you say? Because we have the authority to put in the righteous. Did you know that? How many of you knew that? How many of you know we have the authority to put in the righteous? Did you know that? There are as many... Believers as there's non-believers. At least professing Christian as there are non-professing Christians in the United States of America. If that's true, then why are all these laws being passed? Because most Christians don't vote. And I'm just going to throw that out to you. We've all been offenders of this, many. Most Christians don't vote. There's a law that comes to your county, your city, your state, and who knows about it? All the immoralists. Who knows who established it? All the lobbyists. They got in there, they wanted their rights. ERA, they wanted their equal rights. Pro abortion, they want their rights. A woman's right to what? To kill. They wanted their rights. So they get in there, they get a bunch of people to agree with them, they get on the phone, they say, Go vote. If the issues come up now, if we can beat the Christians, bless God, we can do it. That's their that's their attitude. Oh, yeah, they'll use the name of God, too. And I'm not kidding you. God gave them the life of a homosexual. You hear it all the time. Didn't you? Oh, yes. God made us this way. It's our right to be this way. And so they have, they've stood up for their rights. They're standing up for what they feel to, and believe to be right. And everywhere you look, we look around. We wonder why we got so many alcoholics in our city. You go to the city we were in, Richardson, Texas. The Baptists took a stand. And you can't buy liquor in that county. I said, you can't buy it in that county. You can't buy it in that county because they took a stand. And the majority ruled. It's too long of a time that we've not imposed our moral convictions over on them non-believers. It's too long of a time we've sat back and watched our rights being taken away from us and not said a word about it. It's time we take our stand or lose America by default. It's time we stand up for our rights or be undermined and don't have any rights. We've not registered to vote. We've not voted. We've not been informed as to who believes what. Who believes what. And I'm just going to throw you some things out. Now, I believe that there's a lot of things you can't say from a pulpit because of the state, because the government wants to do to you. But I want, I want, to, I want to say this I said that we have been programmed to vote in line with what our families, you know, along down generation, if you're a Democrat, man, go in there, pull on that lever, says Democrat. If you're a Republican, get in there, pull that lever down, says Republican. Well, we have a system, and some of the things I'll share with you. And we've got ways of finding out what every individual congressman voted on and believes in, in the entire United States of America. We reach a three-state area right here, and we can do some damage for the kingdom of darkness right here in three states. We'll be informed as to what they know and what they believe. And, to, and I throw this out not because I, I'm, I'm speaking to you as a nonpartisan right now, but I'm telling you that almost the entire Democratic Party right now, almost the entire Democratic Party right now stands for secular humanism and is involved in getting Jesus Christ out of our country. Whether you realize that or not, and I don't know how politically minded you might be, but I want you to know that if I name their names right now, your mouth would just fall open and you'd be in shock, in amazement. They support secular humanism and they support abortion and there are so many and we're going to have a report card of all their names and we will be informed and we will know. How many of you want to vote for those that are pro-abortion? This magazine, this voice, Christian voice, was responsible for getting 22 congressmen out that believed they represent your state. They represent you, the people. They're saying that we are in favor of abortion. We are in favor of the rights of the homosexual. But yet we don't know, so pull the lever. You just voted for someone who's pro-abortion. You see what the devil has done, he has kept us in darkness so that we don't know. And we figured it's up to them to run the country. My brother and sister, it's not up to them to run the country. It's up to the people to run the country. We are the people. And the born again movement, the born again Christian people, they are not having an effect right now on, on the immorality of the United States of America because they're not getting involved. They are not imposing their convictions. They're not going to the polls. They're not even registering to vote. They're not even voting for those even if the guy's not a Christian. His, check out his, what his moral beliefs are. He may believe right. I just said that one of our former presidents, born-again believer, pro-abortion. I would rather have somebody in there who is not that way and be a non-Christian. It's time to become informed. It's time to be alerted. Atheism has entered into every, almost every area of our national life. Like a cancer, like a canker sore. And I mean, it's just eating up at our government system from within. Joseph Starling says America cannot be destroyed from without. They try, they try, they try, but they cannot because we are too powerful. We are too strong as a united nation under God. But he says, I'll devise a plan that will destroy that government system like that. I'll get from within, I'll attack their patriotism, I'll attack their spirituality. I'll attack their morality, and I'll attack their educational system, and when I do, they'll fall. And as you look around you, has America been attacked? Well, I'm going to show you some things I'm going to read to you. And when I read these things to you, just take note of this, and we'll get done with this dark side. We'll get to the bright side in a minute. Listen to me. We are not to be overcome of evil. Romans twelve twenty one emphatically says, Be not overcome with evil, but overcome evil with... With what? Edmund Burke said, All that is necessary for the triumph of evil over good is for good men to do nothing. And the good men in our country have done absolutely nothing. It's time to overcome evil with what? Good men doing something. 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 From 1960, since 1960, there have been 47 million divorces over a half a million deaths from drunk driving, 23 million users of illegal drugs known, 189 million serious crimes reported, 366,000 murders, 9.5 million illegitimate births, 10 plus million is spent on sex magazines and X and R-rated movies, and the rape rape, rate and pornography rate has increased in our country, second only to Australia, 139%. Telephone pornography, which, yes, was available at one time, they put a stop to that, Christian voice did, put a stop to that, prohibiting it, but yet they pass the law in one state where they're actually allowed to proposition a young child, where a homosexual can proposition a young child in any public place without the law doing a thing about it. That is their legal right, if they so choose. How do these laws get passed? How in the world can we as law-abiding citizens allow these laws to be passed? We don't know about it. We're uninformed. They get in there. They do something about it. And we are overcome with evil. The moral decline in America speaks for itself. Look at Proverbs chapter 14 since you're right by there. Verse 34. What does God feel about it? (laughs) Righteousness exalted a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people or any nation. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin, transgression, sin is a reproach to any nation, to all nations. America is great, one individual said, because America is good in the 1800s. But if America stops being good, then America will stop being great. America has stopped being good morally. Their educational system is being destroyed with secular humanism. The minds of our young children are being taught that man in himself is deity. At one time, how many of you remember saying that when I was a child, I didn't say two words to my parents that was anything that would be disrespectful? Because, boy, I got put in my place. But today, the children are being taught to disrespect their parents. The children are being taught that their own feelings mean more than the moral convictions of their parents. Parents are not teaching their children and using the rod of correction to instruct them when God's word clearly states and teaches us that if you need to beat them sore, it'll save their soul from hell. That's what it says. If you love your children, then if you really love your children, they'll be disciplined if they need the rod of correction to save their soul from what? What? It says if you beat them sore, they won't die. That's what it says. I got living proof of that. Right there. Glory to God. I had a good many sores. Right, Mom and Dad? See, they're right back there. (laughs) Hallelujah. How many did you have? Thank you, Mom and Dad. Amen. Amen. See, we think when we're young that it's, you know, mean. But today, we realize that because of godly parents, parents that would follow at least the inspiration God has given us through fatherhood and motherhood to correct and instruct their children, if need be, with the rod of correction so that they do Fear God. If you don't fear your parents, you'll never fear God. Now, I'm not talking about fear, satanic fear. I'm talking about reverent fear. Well, what are we going to do about all this? We know that we're facing this giant. We know that it's in the land. We know that it's all around us. We see it on the street. We see it in the news. We see it in the newspaper. We see it everywhere we go. We're faced with it in, in our schools. We see it all around us. You know, God's word says that when you enter that land you teach the children. You teach them my word. You tell them about who I am. And you teach them my word but day and by night when you sit down in your house and all. N- never said teach them secular humanism. Never said let the state teach your children. You never find that in the Bible. And when this country was founded upon godly principles, people were taught the word of God. I want you to know that the first teaching institutions in the first colleges, William and Mary, Harvard and all those institutions were teaching the Word of God as the way of life. But since that time, they've fallen. And they've joined in with all the other secular humanists. What are we going to do? I believe God has a program, and I believe man has picked up on that program. I believe the Spirit of God is moving upon our hearts right now to revive us and awaken us. We thought that revival only meant awaken us to God moving in the earth. Well, that's part of it. But that revival awakens us to the fact that God is moving in our government system now. It's time for America to be changed now. 1984 elections will determine the fate of our country and our government system. If we do not get to the polls, if we do not put down these issues that are against our moral beliefs, if we are not the ones to stand up for godliness and righteousness, then I'm going to tell you something right now. You're going to lose everything we have. When they can come in your state and close down your church because they are not complying to their own rules, how far do we go with this thing obeying the rules of the state? It can only go back to where those rules have been changed so drastically that they oppose the word of the living God. And now, these ungodly men went in purposely and changed these rules to close down every Christian school. They can. How do you think they got God out of the other countries? Get rid of the Bibles. Don't teach these children the truth. Lock them up. Put them away. We're facing the same thing right here. Close down the Christian schools. And they're passing. They passed the law, as I said, January 1st of this year, that all non-profit organizations must pay Social Security tax unconstitutional. Never did it before. All, including churches. Totally unconstitutional. But they're doing it. How, you say? Because we put these men in office. They found another way to make more money. Money, that's whose? Do we render to Caesar what is Caesar's? How many of you pay your taxes? Then why does Caesar now want God's? Why does Caesar now want gods? Because Caesar has gotten greedy. Er. See, our government system was, was godly at one time. Now, when the wicked rule, the people mourn. And the mourning is already started. And God is hearing the cry. And godly men are seeking His face and praying. And the Spirit of God is moving upon America with revival in America right now. And I want you to know something right now. That if there's a civil war, it's going to be in the Spirit. We will not stand for what our government system is doing to the body of Christ in America. There's enough of us born-again believers in America to change anything we want to change, if we'll do it. But we need to be informed and we've got to have the program. God's program is found in Revelation chapter 2 and verse 4. I don't need to turn to it. He spoke to the church at Ephesus and he said to them, I have somewhat against you because you left your first love. Now here's what I want you to do, he said. I want you to remember from whence thou art fallen, number one. Number two... I want you to repent. And number three, I want you to do the first works over. That is for the individual life. That is for the church. That is for the nation. And I want to show that to you right now in the nation. Number one in the nation, remember from whence thou art fallen. From where have we fallen? Well, I've got some information for you that's vital. This comes from Christopher Columbus's book of prophecies. Didn't know he had one, did you? Christopher Columbus's book of prophecies. Listen. It was the Lord who put into my mind, I could feel his hand upon me, the fact that it would be possible to sail from here to the Indies. All who heard of my project rejected it with laughter, they ridiculed me. There is no question that the inspiration was from the Holy Spirit because he comforted me with rays of marvelous illumination from the Holy Scriptures for the execution of the journey to the Indies. I did not make use of intelligence or mathematics or maps. It is simply the fulfillment of what Isaiah had prophesied that no one should fear to undertake any task in the name of our Savior if it is just and if the intention is purely for his holy service the fact that the gospel must be preached to so many lands in such a short time, that is what convinces me to go. He didn't have a compass. He had the Holy Ghost that brought him here. Taken from Writings of Christopher Columbus, Part 1, Volume 2, 1894, pages 79, 80, 82, and 83. Okay, some more of our history. Remember from whence thou art... Fallen. This is from where this country fell. Now listen, this is the Mayflower Compact. In the name of God, amen. Sounds like he's one of them, you know, <laughs> hallelujah, Pentecostals. <laughs> we whose names are underwritten, the loyal subjects of our dread sovereign Lord, King James, By the grace of God and of Great Britain, France, Ireland, king, defender of the faith, etc., having undertaken for the glory of God and for the advancement of the Christian faith and the honor of our king and country, a voyage to plant the first colony in the northern parts of Virginia, do by these presents solemnly and mutually in the presence of God and one another, covenant and combine ourselves together into a civil body politic for our better ordering and preservation and furtherance of the ends aforesaid and by virtue hereof do enact, act constitute and frame such just and equal laws, ordinances, acts, constitutions, and offices from time to time as shall be thought most meet and convenient for the general good of the colony under which we promise all due submission and obedience. In the name of God. And I can go on. I'm going to give you a couple more. The fundamental orders of Connecticut as it has pleased Almighty God by the wise disposition of His divine providence so to order and dispose of the writings that we, the inhabitants and residents of Windsor, Hartford, and Wethersfield are now cohabiting and dwelling in and upon the river of Connecticut and the lands thereunto adjoining and well knowing where a people are gathered together. The Word of God requires that to maintain the peace and union of such a people there should be an orderly and decent government established according to God to order and dispose of the affairs of all the people at all seasons as occasion shall require, do therefore associate and conjoin ourselves to be as one public state or commonwealth and do for ourselves and our successors, and such as shall be adjoined to us at any time hereafter, enter into combination and confederation together to maintain and preserve the liberty and purity of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, which we now profess as also the discipline of the churches according to the truth of the said gospel now practiced among us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's shouting grounds. That's coming from the government. Boy, you just talk about Jesus in a a government meeting today, they say, oh yeah, they want to start a prayer meeting. Right? Is that what they said about our president? He wants to turn this session into a prayer meeting. Thank God they better have more prayer meetings. Amen? Amen? George Washington's general orders to the enlisted men of the United States government, army. Listen to this. The general most earnestly requires and expects a due observance of those articles of war established for the government of the army which forbid profane cursing, swearing, and drunkenness. In our armed forces, of today, the Navy, from the President. And in like manner, he requires and expects of all officers and soldiers not engaged in actual duty of punctual attendance of divine services to implore the blessings of heaven upon the means used for our safety and defense. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you got in the army, you couldn't swear, you couldn't drink, and you had to be in church and you had to pray for the defense that came from heaven, not from our own strength. Orders of the President. Hallelujah. Listen. Abraham Lincoln's proclamation Whereas the Senate of the United States, devoutly recognizing the supreme authority and the just government of the Almighty God in all the affairs of men and of nations, has by a resolution requested the President to designate and set apart, the Senate, to set apart a day for national prayer and humiliation. They requested this of the President. And whereas it is the duty of nations as well as of men to own their dependence upon the overruling power of God, to confess their sins and transgressions in humble sorrow, yet with assured hope that genuine repentance will lead to mercy and pardon, and to recognize the sublime truth announced in the Holy Scriptures and proven by all history that those nations only are blessed whose God is the Lord. And insomuch as we know that by His divine law, nations like "...individuals are subjected to punishments and chastisements in this world, may we not justly fear that the awful calamity of civil war, which now desolates the land, may be put may be but a punishment inflicted upon us for our presumptuous sins to the needful end of our national reformation as a whole nation. We have been the recipients of the choicest bounties of blessings from heaven. We have been preserved these many years in peace and prosperity." We have grown in numbers, wealth and power as no other nation has ever grown, but we have forgotten God. We have forgotten the gracious hand which preserved us in peace and multiplied and enriched and strengthened us. We have vainly imagined in the deceitfulness of our hearts that all these blessings were produced by some superior wisdom and virtue of our own. Intoxicated with unbroken success, we have become too self-sufficient to feel the necessity of redeeming and preserving grace, too proud to pray to the God that made us. It behooves us then to humble ourselves before the offended power, to confess our national sins, and to pray for clemency and forgiveness. Now, therefore, in compliance with the request and fully concurring in the views of the Senate, I do by this, my proclamation designate and set apart Thursday, the 30th day of April, 1863, as a day of national humiliation, fasting, and prayer. And I do hereby request all the people to abstain on that day from their ordinary secular pursuits and to unite at their several places of public worship and their respective homes in keeping the day holy to the Lord and devoted to the humble discharge of the religious duties proper to the solemn occasion. All this being done in sincerity and truth, let us then rest humbly in the hope authorized by the divine teachings that the united cry of the nation will be heard on high and answered with blessings no less than the pardon of our national sins and the restoration of our now divided and suffering country to its former happy condition of unity and peace. In witness whereof, I have hereunto set my hand and caused the seal of the United States to be affixed by the President, Abraham Lincoln. What state have we fallen from? A nation that believed God. A nation that stood up for the Word of God. A government who was governed by the Word of God and whose morality was in harmony with the morality as told in the Word of God. And what have we done? We've sat back. We've not voted. And we've turned our government over to the heathens. No wonder they want the church separated from the state. That is a misconception of the law. The law was never set up that way. What it's really saying is that the state cannot lord it over the church. That's what the law states. And that the state, as governed by the people, must comply with the teachings of the divine Word of God. And if they ever come to a place that they are not doing what the Word of God says to do, then they must change the government system. That's what it says. That's how our forefathers wrote this Constitution. That's how we got established that if the government ever supersedes and goes above the teachings of the Word of God, then they were to change the government system. But we've let them know that we don't care. We've let them know that it doesn't matter what they do. We're not enforcing our rights and privileges. What are we going to do? Number one, look from where we've fallen. The Senate made a proposal to the President and said, we need a day of prayer and fasting. Where did you ever find one of those proposals today? You won't find it. They'd laugh at something like that. Where, when have you ever seen a time where the moral decline in the youth of today? Because in the latter days, the Word of God says that children will be disobedient unto their parents and they won't listen to their parents. Why? There's a spirit of Antichrist. That's a rebellious spirit. That's an influence going throughout our nation. Why? Because we can impose our religious beliefs over on these ungodly people, can we? My brother and sister, they can impose their ungodly convictions on us any longer. We're not a nation within a nation. This is a nation whose trust is in God. Look at your money. It's in God we trust. This is a nation that was founded on biblical principles. It's time to change constitutional amendments. It's time to change all that the ungodly got changed back into what it once was and what it should be. It's time for the army of God to move throughout this land. And I mean, take it over for Jesus. Right now, and it was reported when we were there, Christian broadcasting has surpassed and superseded the intelligence of public network television. An NBC reporter who was riding with one of the believers from Word of Faith said, you Christians, when he found out that he was working with Word of Faith in a satellite system programming, they said, you Christians have got the handle on satellite. You are far advanced in satellite communications than we are. And he was the director of the NBC broadcasting system. Television network we've got to catch up to you. I want you to know that God has given us the wisdom uh, to get the gospel or, uh, to every remote part of this earth by satellite or any other means. Because he wants this word to go. And that's why, you see, the devil knows that if I can destroy this, if I can get this stopped from this country, then, of course, who's going to get this gospel out? I have a longer time, you see, to work. If it has to go underground. But this freedom that we have, my brother and my sister... And they want to get us not only off television network, they want to get us off satellite communications. They want us, In other words, they don't want the airwaves being filled with the Gospels, what they're saying. Why? Because who's the prince of the power of the airwaves? Well, there was the devil, but he's been dethroned and now it's Jesus Christ. And we're not going to put up with it and stand for it. We have got a plan and a program that we're going to mobilize and put into effect. And I'm going to tell you something right now. We've got a unique thing right here. We can touch three states. In this congregation. Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia. We could touch them all. And it doesn't take a lot. It takes diligence. It takes commitment. Step number one. You want to write these down. We must restore the American vision. Where there is no vision, the people what? Perish. Perish. Where there's no vision. We've been talking about vision. I want you to know that I was so thrilled and blessed. Oh, we were fought every inch of the way down there. I never had a... We never had a weekend in, like this in our life. I mean to tell you, you talk about being fought every inch of the way. We were fought every inch, every mile of the way. There was an onslaught down there. The devil didn't want this information getting out. There are people are pastors, at least 850 pastors in their pulpits right now, talking about mobilizing this plan that God has given through this... Praise God. Ministry. Remember I've been talking about the vision that God gave us? The vision that we have because God's in it? I must know that God is behind the Word of Faith World Outreach Center. He is behind the communications of satellites. He's behind what's going on. We're an affiliate member. We're involved in what God is doing. I don't know about you, I don't just want to be a church. I want to be involved in what God is doing in the earth right now. And the spirit of revival is being spread throughout all America today. And there's 850 pastors at least in their churches right now telling their people, informing their people that we've got a plan. We're going to get out there and we're going to get the Christians to vote and we're going to get rid of all this nonsense. We're going to get rid of all their influence and we're going to let this country stand for Jesus Christ again. And this government system be run with the righteous men of God in it. And there are men in these offices, my brother and my sister, that stand for the name of Jesus Christ. And they need our help. Number one, restore the American vision. This is part of that restoring. Number two, we must be willing to repent. See, what did Jesus say? Number one was to remember from whence thou art fallen. That's restoring the American vision. Number two, didn't Jesus say repent? Didn't Jesus say repent? Repent. Be willing to repent. Father God, forgive us for not voting and taking our stand. Forgive us. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray... What did he promise to do? He said, If you'll seek my face and turn from your wicked ways, I'll heal your land. Repent. And do the first works. What's the first works? The first works I told you about what the vision was when they came over here. Is to have a government system that was subjected to the Word of God, where there was freedom to pursue life and liberty where there was freedom so long as that freedom did not cross over the boundaries of the word of God we must be willing to repent number three we must pray for revival constantly and reformation The affection, fervent prayer of a righteous man does avail much. We must do it. We must do it. Because it's not by human strength or power, but by the Spirit of God. We must study God's Word and apply it to every area of our life. That's the next one. We must strengthen the Christian family. I'm just throwing these out. I don't have time. We're going to run out of tape. I want to get us all on. Next, we must support our Bible-believing churches because the home church, churches like this, this is the backbone of America. The family church, the individual, the family, and the church. We must possess a victory-oriented faith. We cannot see defeat. I know the giants look big. We're talking about the government system of our country. Yes, it sounds big, doesn't it? Big giant. But to us, it's a grasshopper. Because God's on our side. And we must work to advance the kingdom of God. We must work to advance the kingdom of God. Together. As a body. This is a very serious thing that we face. The elections in nineteen eighty four will determine the fate of our government system in our country. These are laws that are being passed that have never been allowed to go to Congress. There are many vital issues that are going to be brought up this year. That's going to change the outlook of our nation. What are we going to do about it? Well God has a plan. It's going to take people that are interested and concerned and committed. It's going to take people like you that are really concerned about the welfare of your children. We've heard of the Civil War, didn't we? How many are glad that they stood up and fought for their rights of freedom? Aren't you glad that you're enjoying those rights right now? Well, there's another Civil War going on right now. Jesus Christ versus Antichrist. Spirit of God versus Satanic influence. influence the born-again believer against the ungodly believers it's the unbelievers we're in a fight we're in a warfare we have a program we have a program Are you willing to join in? With all my heart, I'm asking you, how many of you are really willing to do something about it? I mean really willing. It's going to take commitment. It's going to take work. But say it with me. We can do it. By the grace of God and the name of Jesus, we will do it. Jesus is Lord over our nation, over our government system. Thank you, Father, for the spirit of revival. In our land, we'll humble ourselves and pray. We'll seek your face. You'll heal our land. In Jesus' name, the gospel will be spread. Souls will be saved. Lands will be converted. And Jesus will return to your honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We're in a warfare. We're in a warfare. We're in a warfare. Well, that's when it gets good. Hallelujah. Greater is he that's where? Than he that's in the world. Can you say amen? Let's all stand to our feet. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life.